From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. Welcome back to our podcast. It is the center of the universe for common sense, and unfortunately, that's not very common these days. Uh, We're going to have a big meeting next week. The podcast is going on the road to Fun House Pizza. Uh, the one in Lee Summit on 50 Highway. And uh, Kurt's putting up the um, the graphic now on YouTube and Rumble. Um, and we really want you to subscribe to these things so they populate immediately and you get all the video fun that we do on Dale Carter's America. Um, the slide calls it a Truman County meetup. And, Kurt, a lot of people are getting hung up on that Truman County thing. And, you know, that's just kind of a placeholder that we put there as as a discussion point to talk about taking the eastern suburbs of what is now Jackson County and setting up our own county. I don't care what we call it. You know, maybe Kansas City forms their own county like St. Louis did in 1876, and we keep Jackson County. We keep the statues. I really don't care. It comes down to the points and the grievances, which we're going to get into uh, next Tuesday night at Funhouse Pizza. So come. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some prizes. Uh, We've got a social hour that's going to start about 5. We'll start the broadcast at 6. And we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your grievances. Maybe your grievance is the tax assessment thing, which was just a complete train wreck. Maybe it's the fact that, um, you know, they want to build a stadium downtown and want you to pay $1 billion of the $2 billion cost. There are a lot of different grievances that I know that you bring to the table and reasons why we want to break off from what is now Jackson County. Again, I mean, Kurt, do you care what we call it? Nope. All right. So bring your grievances to Funhouse Pizza. Jim Dingman is preparing for a big crowd. So we want a big crowd at Funhouse Pizza. The pizza is going to be great. The beer is going to be cold. Prizes throughout the night. Um, The uh, artist who was with us last week, um, CJ, we got some of his CDs we're going to give out. I got them right here. Yep. And, and he was terrific, and, and that was an episode that a lot of folks watched and shared. We really like that. Um, I've got some footballs for the uh, Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. Remember that? We're going to give out some of that stuff. Uh, Bob Watson said he's going to come to the table with some prizes. And speaking of Bob, Bob is a fine sponsor of this here podcast. He is my State Farm agent, and he would love to be your State Farm agent. State Farm with surprisingly great rates these days. Call and get a quote. This is a great time of year to be checking uh, your auto, home, life insurance. Uh, He offers commercial insurance for your business, even pet insurance these days uh, for your dogs. And if you've got a dog like I do, you know what those vet bills stack up to be. So call him and his staff today at 816-229-7878. They're at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, uh, but they serve both Kansas and Missouri with great rates through State Farm always had State Farm, and since I've lived in the Kansas City Metro, Bob Watson has been my State Farm agent. He is um, ready to serve you. Now, one of your complaints may well be crime, because we live in a county where crime isn't really punished, you know, unless it's politically correct crime. You know what I'm talking about here. I don't have to get into too many details on this. Um, And Henry Cuellar, um, who is a congressman from Texas who lives in Washington, D.C. now, um, he was carjacked in Washington, D.C., close to the U.S. Capitol, right? So 
This is what's happening in our big cities and in Kansas City, in Jackson County, Things like this are not being prosecuted. The turnstile effect is in place, and these criminals are right back out on the street again. You have something on Henry Cuellar? Yeah. A Democrat congressman was carjacked at gunpoint outside his residence. Congressman Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas, arrived home and was immediately flanked by three armed gunmen. They didn't harm the congressman, but stole his car and cell phone. Democrat Congressman Henry Cuellar held at gunpoint just blocks from the U.S. Capitol. The White House blamed Republicans. How are you going to blame Republicans for this? Isn't D.C. run by a bunch of Democrats? I'm going to speak to what the president has done, right? The president has been very, very straightforward about what he has done to make sure that communities are safe. So if President Biden's policies are helping bring crime yeah. down, would he be comfortable with somebody borrowing his Corvette and parking it on the street overnight in Southeast D.C.? I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. Yeah. I love Pete Doozy. He's great. And then on the, on the left coast, San Francisco, which once used to be a world-class city, is now an open sewer. Dianne Feinstein, of course, the uh, senator who died, they were going to have a big public funeral for her in San Francisco, and it's like, I don't think we can do that, uh, because crime is so rampant, they moved her funeral to a secure private area. Yeah. That's that's what's going on in our country. The San Francisco Standard says, check, check. Though the public was initially invited, Feinstein's office on Wednesday announced a change of plans due to increased security. Tomorrow's memorial service for Senator Dianne Feinstein will no longer be open to the public. Only invited guests will have access to the service. Blame it on Republicans, yeah. because that's just what Kareem did there in Washington, D.C. Blame it on Republicans. I, again, I don't get that. Pete Ducey asks a great question. These cities are all run by Democrats, and they have, they've taken prosecution to a new low. They're trying to change criminal um, justice to favor the criminal, and they're doing a hell of a job. They're doing a bang-up job in cities. Um, and, and that's why, that's one of the reasons I want to take my property in Blue Springs and set up a new county and take yours with me. Independence, Lee's Summit, all these places in eastern Jackson County, Grain Valley, uh, we'd love to have you there. Oak Grove, we'd love to have you there. Sugar Creek, please come. And let's talk about it and let's figure out what it is that we can do. Again, it's only going to take 100 signatures on a petition. We'll take that to the Jackson County Legislature. And if we have thousands of signatures, imagine what kind of impact that would be. They'd have to put it on the ballot and let us at least vote on it. And that would be our Declaration of Independence. So that's what we're trying to get done. Uh, and again, that is next Tuesday night as we record this. It'll be October 17th at Funhouse Pizza on 50 Highway in Lee's Summit. And uh, we ask that you please come. I'll tell you who is going to be there. Um, Kirk Doris is going to be there from Medicare Simplified KC. Uh, he's going to be there to answer questions because we're coming up on a big deal here. If you're 65 or older, Medicare open enrollment dates are October 15th through December 7th. Kirk and I think Lori Hawker is going to be there as well to answer questions that you might have. Medicare Simplified KC is exactly that. It takes all of this confusion that comes from the federal government that is Medicare and makes it simple for your situation. Uh, they're located at 3600 South Nolan Road, Suite F in Independence, Missouri. Uh, they are on the web at MedicareSimplifiedKC.com, and you can reach them on the phone at 816-701-6661. 
in-home appointments are available. Kirk and Lori are going to explain all of this to you in a way that you're going to get. Now, I just turned 60, so I've got like five years to wait. But if you're coming up on 65 or you know someone who is, this is an important conversation, and these are important dates. So if you're going to come to the deal at Funhouse Pizza, grab Kirk and Lori, and and they'll explain it to you there or set up an appointment for your house, and um, let's get this going, okay? Our, one of our other sponsors, and you know, we need to invite these guys. You know, I think about the folks that I have uh, text numbers for, and I sent them all texts and let them know what we were doing, uh, but I don't have a text for uh, Clay Como shooters. We'll get in touch with them. Okay, get in touch with them. Tell them to be there. Um, because I know Jim Dingman would love to say hi to those folks, and a bunch of you folks would love to say hi to them as well. Clay Como Shooters, where you can shop for firearms. They've got a range right there. You can do a membership. They'll train you, and they are really good. You know, from the field trip that we took to Clay Como Shooters, that was a lot of fun. They train law enforcement, so they know what they're doing. Pistols, rifles, ammo, accessories, Come train with us. That's what they say. They're on 69 Highway in Claycomo. It is right there between I-35 and I-435, right there on the main drag in Claycomo. And you can read about them on the web at claycomoshooters.com or just give them a call, 816-452-4867. They're going to love Jim Dingman uh, because they've got that sign on the door that says, you know, if you smell like marijuana, don't come in here. Right? Is that what it (laughs) says? Or don't smoke pot in here or don't bring your pot in? Yeah, it says if you smell like weed, don't come in. That's going on a lot. I mean, I was at the Mizzou game over the weekend in Columbia, and it's like, what is that smell? It's everywhere. Ooh, that smell. It's everywhere. Can't you smell that smell? All right, before we get into Israel and the rest of the world, um, the news is moving fast these days. Um, That's why I wish we almost did a podcast today because we need to. But RFK Jr. has decided to run for the presidency as an independent which is very interesting, don't you think? He made that uh, announcement yesterday in Philadelphia because he says he doesn't like Trump or Biden, and this basically lets him take that middle ground. But he's a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely a Democrat. And I think this Politico brings up the, the biggest question here, which is, does it, if you're looking at the screen, just pulling up this Politico ar- article, uh, people were anticipating that that was what his announcement was going to be. So now the obvious follow-up question is, does him running as an independent hurt Biden or Trump more? Um, There's been a lot of discussion about that, but I'm curious what you think. Um, I think it hurts Biden more than it hurts Trump in in that sort of a matchup. Um, Interesting because you've got those people who didn't like Trump, they held their nose and they voted for Biden, they might well go for RFK Jr. I think Trump's people are pretty rock solid. Yeah, but there's people within the Republican Party that don't like Trump. You know, that. I'm one of them. I don't like the guy. Right. I mean, I, I like a lot of what he did, but I don't like. You know, I don't like the shenanigans. I don't like the circus atmosphere that went on. And I'm one of those people. Unlike a lot of people, I held my nose and I voted for Donald Trump because I voted for the policies that he put in place mm-hmm. because they're a hell of a lot better than where we are today. Um, and I was talking to somebody out in the, the bullpen area. I'm not going to name names here. Um, but, you know, she was complaining about sales right now, that they're down. And it's it's because of this whole economy. And I said, well, Joey B's doing a great job, isn't he? Well, I don't think anybody could have done anything with all of this. And I said, you got to be kidding me, right? Mm-hmm. Because Donald Trump basically gave Joe Biden the blueprint and said, if you don't touch it, it'll be fine. 
And what did Joe Biden do on day one? He reversed every policy that he could, yeah. which is why it's it's hysterical to me that this whole thing with the wall on uh, Mexico, what is Biden saying? He's like, oh, I didn't have any choice. I tried, but, you know, they wouldn't work with me on that. What the hell? Does anybody buy that? <laughs> Yeah, well, we're kind of jumping around, but uh, I know I'm jumping around. No, but no, I it's just, okay. Yeah, uh, but on on the RFK thing, I mean, I think historically, certainly within the last twenty or so years, independent candidates have uh, typically taken votes away from Repub- Republicans more than Democrats. Certainly, if you look at like the Libertarian candidates and things like that, and I do kind of think that this is probably a similar situation. If you look at the people who have been supporting RFK. Um, on social media and publicly, it's a lot of people on the right, uh, specifically because of his criticism of the the COVID stuff and big pharma, yeah. his criticism of the Ukraine war. So I don't see somebody who is going to vote for Joe Biden against Donald Trump, you know, someone who wants to vote against Donald Trump voting for RFK instead of Joe Biden. I, I mean, there's going to be some of that, but I, I do think that he'll take more from Trump than well, he does Well, when you Biden. talk about third-party candidates, I mean, the most famous in, in recent memory is, is Ross Perot, and he was essentially a Republican. And he did take votes away from George H.W. Bush. There was yeah. no doubt about that. And he basically gave Bill Clinton the presidency with 42% of the vote. Um, I think if, if you look at it, and, and you know, one of the tools that I use is Select Smart. Have you ever used that? Have mm. we talked about that before? No. Select Smart is a website where you can it asks you like 25 questions and not only where you fall on the 25 questions, but how important the question is to you, which I think is important oh, as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then it will shoot out, you know, who you ought to vote for based on who agrees with you. Mm-hmm. And I will bet if I took that test right now, RFK Jr. would be pretty far down the list. Yeah, yeah. He's a same. liberal guy. Same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's gotten a lot of popularity again because of his criticism of some of these k- kind of hot button issues. But on other hot button issues, you know, he's he's very liberal, you know, on abortion and things like that. So um, I certainly am not going to vote for him. I, I have been very interested by his candidacy, but I do think, you know, that these he's been getting a lot of support from more right leaning people that either don't like Trump or see, you know, maybe some of the flaws that they perceive, you know, in, in Trump. So. Um, I think he'll he'll get a lot of votes from that. Interesting. I mean, you know, <laughs> we've never had a third party candidate win. Yeah. Right. Um, Teddy Roosevelt was a third party candidate. He got some states. Uh, Ross Perot, you know, I don't. He didn't get any states, but um, he took a chunk of votes. I just I just don't see it because our party is so entrenched in camps yeah. of Republican and Democrat. I don't see it happening. But it, it is interesting. And, you know, we thought 2024 was going to be a very interesting campaign anyway. And this, to me, just makes it more interesting. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. I mean, he's not going to win, but I, I do think he'll probably get a higher percentage of the vote than anyone has probably since Perot. You yeah. know, mo- certainly more than like all these libertarian guys that have been running, yeah. you know, getting two. They're not moving 1%. the needle. Yeah, right. They're not he's going to get more than that yeah. for sure. OK, the, uh, now back to Israel and the rest of the world. The White House with a straight face. Antony Blinken, with a straight face, says there is no connection between the $6 billion released to Iran and what's happening in Israel. I don't buy it. Don't buy it for a second. Iran is a state sponsor of terrorism and what you have going on in Israel right now. And we're going to get to a discussion, and I know you and I might have a little bit of a disagreement on what's going on over there. Um, But Hamas launches a terroristic attack a la 9-11 
for the United States um, out of nowhere. Um, apparently, their, um, their, their version of the CIA didn't see this coming, and boom, they got hit. And what's the next thing that Hamas does? They take a bunch of hostages, and they say, if you come in with troops, we start killing hostages, because that's what they do. They're, they're uh, cowards, and this is the cowardly way of doing things. You hit somebody, and then you hold hostages, including Americans, by the way. There are Americans being held hostage over there, and it's sponsored by Iran. And what did we just do? We gave them $6 billion of their own money. Now, why would we do that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the the Iran money is a pretty dumb thing. I don't, I don't know if there's been evidence of direct correlation to this attack. I, I haven't really looked into it. Does there it, have to be? I mean, we gave them $6 billion. Yeah. Maybe they took it out of their rainy day fund and, and said, okay, we're going to buy some missiles. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the liberal arguments on some of this shit just really make me laugh. And one of them on Facebook was, well, they, they just got the money. They couldn't have bought a bunch of missiles. I mean, come on. Can, can we be grown-ups here and, and talk about what's going on here? Iran is a state sponsor of terrorism. Hamas is a terrorist group. Draw they, certainly, the line. they certainly have funded them in the past. I mean, that's, that's well, not Well, we just question. made it easier for them. Yeah. We yeah. made it easier. And there was a clip that was going around of um, the president or Ayatollah or whatever the heck he's called over there uh, with Lester Holt. This was pretty recently, I think, right after they gave him the money. Um, because their claim was, you know, that they're going to use it for humanitarian reasons or whatever. So Lester Holt asked him about that. I thought his answer was kind of interesting. Just play that real quick. But what is your expectation of its use? We're told that it's for humanitarian purposes, food and medicine. Do you believe you have the right to use that money in any way that you see fit? This money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran, and naturally, we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we need it. So if I hear you clearly that it will be used for more than humanitarian purposes in your view? Humanitarian means whatever the Iranian people need. So this money will be budgeted for those needs. Yeah. I, you know, I saw this, and, and he's basically telling the truth there. Mm -hmm. It's our money, and we're going to use it however we want to. Mm -hmm. And what the Biden administration did was they put a number on what a hostage is worth. So they're taking hostages right now in, in Gaza, and there are American hostages there. So are we going to give them a billion dollars per hostage? Yeah, I don't, I don't why, know. Why not? I mean, we've set the standard. Why not? Here's some more video from, uh, this is from Gaza, from the the uh, response from Israel uh, bombing. So It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. People are dying, and, um, you know, Hamas is who initiated this. Um, and, you know, the question becomes, is there a solution for any of this? And from a historical perspective, Kurt, I would tell you that the closest we came to peace in this area, first of all, you could go all the way back to 1948, right? We came out of World War II, and the powers that be in the world said, you know, in response to what happened to Jews in Germany, right, with the Holocaust, we're going to give them this piece of land about the size of the state of New Jersey, okay? They are, we're giving the, the Jewish people a state. And it's going to be called Israel, right, in 1948. So we can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. That happened, right? You would agree with that, right? 
Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't and know. since that time, probably what, what I would agree with most is probably what's going to have to happen if we're ever going to get to peace is a two-state solution. And the closest we got to that was in the year 2000. Bill Clinton convened a summit, you know, in um, Camp David. Ehud Barak was the uh, prime minister of Israel, and Arafat was the PLO guy. They got together. Ehud Barak basically gave Yasser Arafat everything he wanted, and Yasser Arafat walked away. Because they don't want a two-state solution. They want to kill every Jew. They, yeah, that's I, I that's their stated purpose. They want to kill every Jew. So basically, a country the size of the state of New Jersey is sitting over there with guns pointed at them from every direction. They're the only democracy in the region, and... That's their solution. They want to kill every Jew in Israel or run them out or put them somewhere else and take back their, their, um, their state. You know, it's, we talk about this in this country with Native Americans, right? Mm. Europeans, like my forefathers who came to this country, I'm not giving my house back. Are you giving yours back? No. Okay, what if they showed up and started blowing shit up? You know, you going to give your house back? I mean, the same could be said about the Palestinians, though. Like they, they believe that they have a, a right to the land as well. And I'm, I'm not really taking a side on it. I don't really like either of them, to be honest. I, I don't support Israel. I don't support Palestine. Um, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Even with the 2000 Camp David thing, I'm not an expert on this by any means. So you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I've, I've heard conflicting accounts. You know that that the two-state solution wasn't really guaranteed the way that it's been portrayed. And it's also true that Israel has, you know, in, in some ways kind of led to the the uprising of Hamas and funded them and, and XYZ. It's a very complicated situation. You and think Israel's funded Hamas? Yeah, yeah. How there, so? There's been some some evidence of that. In terms of the, in terms of the elections that have been had, um, in terms of where the actual funding came from, and there's an argument to be made that you know, they, they wanted this enemy. Now, this was a long time ago. This is not currently, but they, they wanted the, the scapegoat. They wanted the enemy of Hamas in order to, you know, further their own interests in order to uh, retake the West Bank or retake Gaza and things like that. And I don't really have a side per se on this. I, I, I don't really support either side, to be honest. Israel, uh, I, I don't really support. I used to, but not so much anymore. I mean, they have a very outsized influence in American politics, which is not good. Um, we give them a lot of money, which is not good. And um, I think they certainly have a right to, to defend themselves. I think Palestinians, you know, probably have a lot of legitimate grievances too. But my thing about this is just like, it's terrible. The, the attacks, you know, the, the terrorist attacks are terrible. You know, obviously, nobody should be flying paragliders, you know, and taking hostages and killing innocent people. Now we see, you know, Israel bombing Gaza and, and killing tons of innocent people there. And it's just sad because now all of these war hawks and everyone's coming to their side. It's either like, you know, the pro-Israel people like, oh, they we have to glass Gaza, you know, kill everybody, wipe well, it off the face of the that. earth. I don't agree and then you that. have the Palestinian supporters that are saying, well, they're in occupied territory. Israel doesn't have a right to exist. And everyone's just running to their perspective sides. Right. And what it's going to lead to is America suffering. We're going to get dragged into another foreign conflict, billions of dollars, American lives, American military supplies. I mean, there was, there's videos from, 
uh, Israel where, where the Hamas people are, are coming in, you know, on these paragliders and there's videos of them like that we won't show on the podcast, very graphic videos. They're using M4s, American M4s. Where did they get those from? Afghanistan, maybe. Yeah. We left a lot of shit there. So, (laughs) and it's like, people are just so quick, I think, to, because it's a terrible situation, but you know, what you see on Twitter, what you see online is not representative of what's actually happening. I think everyone Okay, well, let's go back. Let's rewind the tape here a little bit, because all the way back to Golda Meir, and I put up the slide that basically she said back in the day when she was prime minister, you can't negotiate with people who want to kill you. Um, every president of the United States since 1948 has tried to fix what's going on in the Middle East, Republicans and Democrats. And we've come close a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked out. So what is the solution? You know, Israel is there, and it does exist. Um, and as far as I know, they're not the aggressor here. The aggressor's coming from the other side, and they're done with it. And when you pick a fight with Israel, you better buckle in, because it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely sure that they're not the aggressor. I mean, in this in this direct situation, they're certainly not. Like, they're not um, the aggressor. Hamas attacked them. They came right. over and and performed terrorist attacks on them. But if you look historically, you know, they have gone into the West Bank. They have gone into Gaza and occupied those territories. I mean, so there it's there are two sides to the to the argument. And I'm not saying which one I support or not. I like I said, I don't really support either. But they're there the the difficulty is that there hasn't been a legitimate you know solution presented and and the only the only uh, uh, exception to that that I can think of is when Donald Trump was president you know we had historic peace in the middle peace in the Middle East we had uh, a lot of these historic deals that were made between these countries that were essentially uh, you know started by Donald Trump he was sort of the catalyst for that and so I mean that just is is another piece of evidence that, you know, we need him back as president, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's really sad. And and it's sad to see American public figures and American politicians, you know, just openly calling for, you know, death and, and innocent lives to, to be taken. And, you know, it, it's just, it, it's really sad, man. I've got friends who are over in Israel right now, and I'm scared to death about it. You know, when when the shit was hitting the fan, you know, we were starting to get warned of don't go into that area. Um, and I have a passport, and, and I would love to see the Holy Lands at some point before I assume room temperature. Um, but this is not the time to go do that. I think one thing you and I could agree on is that Joe Biden is not the president who's going to be able to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, of um, <laughs> Robert Robert Gates, who was the defense secretary for Barack Obama, famously said he can't name one thing that Joe Biden got right in foreign policy in four decades, four decades of being in Washington, D.C. He can't think of one thing he got right. And you know where Joey B. was when the shit was hitting the fan in Israel? They were doing a barbecue for staff members at the White House. He could not interrupt his barbecue to come out and and say a few words because he can't. And and that's the problem. He's supposed to be on uh, TV today at noon, Kansas City time. I can't wait to see that. Pop some popcorn for that because he just can't do it. He's not up to the job. And if something like this doesn't show you that he's not up to the job, I'm not sure what I can say. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, he he, I don't think anyone takes him seriously at this point. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre does because she said he's the best communicator in the White House. Yeah, well, there you go. If she says it, it must be thing. true. <laughs> you know, and to your point, I mean, we're involved in Ukraine. Yeah. We've got China that we're going to have to deal with, right? Yeah. 
in Russia that we're going to have to deal with. And what Joey B is clinging to is the fact that, well, you know, solar and wind, that's going to power our economy. So that screws up oil. So anything like this is going to spike oil prices, and that's going to hurt our economy. You've got, you know, the auto workers on strike. Um, and it takes fewer of you auto workers to make one of those little electric cars that we don't have the infrastructure for. So there are so many lose-lose things going on in the world right now, and it all comes back to that election to me. Mm-hmm. It's like we've, you know, you voted for this guy. He got more votes than anybody in the history of the republic, allegedly. Um, and this is what we're left with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, the bottom line to me is like I, I'm not a. Israel hater. I'm not a Jew hater or a Palestinian Arab hater, Palestinian hater, but it's just like our, our priorities are so far out of whack as a country. We we can't secure our own border. I mean, our economy is falling apart. You know, our we have crime running rampant in our major cities, and yet the you, you know we don't see nearly the outrage from our public officials for that as we do. You know, once Ukraine is attacked. Once Israel is attacked, it's like, rah, oh, we need to go to World War III. Yeah. You know, we need to send tanks. It's like, how about we send tanks to the southern border? How about we well, protect America first? Yeah. And until we protect America first, I'm not really interested in helping these other countries. I'm sorry, but we have our own problems that we're not taking seriously. And we are prioritizing Israel. We're prioritizing Ukraine over American safety, sovereignty, culture, and, and everything, which is just unacceptable to me. Well, if you're thinking that my point is I think we ought to get involved militarily in Israel, I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I, better, I don't think we ought to handcuff them. I think we ought to let them defend themselves and do what they think they need to do. And, and to your point, my biggest fear, what keeps me up at night, is our porous southern border. Think about this. What if one of these Hamas guys or Hezbollah guys says, you know, we're, we're going to fly to Mexico City, disguise ourselves as, as Mexicans or Venezuelans or whatever the hell we're going to uh, disguise ourselves as and go across the border and, and cause carnage in this country? I mean, I can, why haven't they done it yet? I can all but guarantee that they are already in this country. I can all but guarantee it. I mean, there's I, I don't have direct evidence, but Given the fact that we have no idea who's coming over and they're coming over to the tune of 10,000 per day, I can all but guarantee it's already happened. Okay, well, let's go back to the wall then, because this all started last week when Mayorkas, through Homeland Security, made a statement that it's so bad right now that we've got to do the wall. We've got to do the wall, and we've got to break 26 um, environmental laws to get it done. It's got to be done this fast because things are that bad at the border. And it shocked me because Kamala Harris told us the border was secure. Democrats have told us the border is secure. But now it's so bad that it's got to be done. And then spin, spin, spin. I don't know where you want to go with this, but Biden jumped into it. And then Mayorkas came back and he said what he said he, he didn't really say. And he twisted it and spun it. Um, where do you want to go with all I've this? I've got a, a KJP clip. Uh, The president just told me that a border wall does not work. If that's the case, why does his own Department of Homeland Security secretary say in a public notice, quote, there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers? Here's what I can say. I can speak to what the president was very clear in saying and also what you all have been reporting about, uh, about this this construction. Uh, So the facts are this. uh, This uh, this is not new. 
Uh, these funds were appropriated in fiscal year 2019 under Republican leadership, <laughs> and DHS is required by law to use the funds for appropri appropriated purpose. That's what we're seeing. This was announced back in June by the DHS. And so, look, we, we believe that there are better effective ways of moving forward to secure our border and security, we, our border security, and we have continuously asked for Congress uh, to act, uh, to provide our CBP, uh, the law enforcement, uh, law enforcement at the border, uh, to give them the resources they need to do their jobs. And so we're going to continue to call on Congress. We believe... Blah, 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 blah. You know blah, what? Blah. I wish, and I, he'd probably get thrown out for it, but do you remember the movie Animal House, right, when yeah. they had the big oh, yeah. courtroom scene? Yeah. I mean, if Pete Ducey would, like, sit there in the front row and whenever she says something like that and go, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Probably get thrown out, don't you think? Yeah, here's uh, Mayorkas uh, walking it back. I want to address today's reporting relating to a border wall and be absolutely clear. Spin. There is no new administration policy with respect to the border wall. Allow me to repeat that. There is no new administration policy with respect to the border wall. From day one, this administration has made clear that a border wall is not the answer. That remains our position, and our position has never wavered. The language in the Federal Register notice is being taken out of context, and it does not signify any change in policy whatsoever. I want... Uh, okay, so again, Biden says that Republicans forced his hand, that he has to do this. He, remember now, facts get in the way of this. He had two years of Democrat control, both houses of Congress, right? Yeah. Why couldn't he walk it back then? It's a good question. Why, you know, he's not being forced to do this. This guy on day one when he became president put out like 5,000 executive orders and undid everything that Donald Trump did. Yeah, and it's also like, it's convenient for them, like KJP was saying, oh, well, the funds have been appropriated by Congress, so we have no choice. Our hands are tied. It's like, when, since when do you care about the rule, like the, the legal process of funds from Congress? You know, it's only, they only use that when it's convenient to them, when it's something that they get caught, you know, they get caught with their hand in the cookie yeah. jar. Then they're like, oh, well, we're just following the process. But then, you know, when they actually want to implement their policy, their agenda, then screw it. They don't care about, you know, the, 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 the funds from Congress. They'll make it up themselves. And again, it, can you imagine if a Republican administration basically said, this is such an emergency, we've got to waive 26 environmental laws to get this thing done immediately. Yeah. You know, they would be screaming on Capitol Hill about how Republicans are just horrible, horrible people. And I can't believe we're doing this, the environment, the environment, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we just got the report that um, this was the hottest year on record. And I couldn't believe this. This came from our wire service, the hottest um, September ever on earth. That, that's actually False. the first last month was the hottest September on earth ever. False. Now, you know, this used to be a molten rock, yeah. right? So that's wrong. And it's 5 billion years old. We are a speck of history on this rock. And uh, because we've got such a big climate emergency, there's going to be a conference held in Dubai starting in November where they're all going to get on their big planes and fly to Dubai, right? 
We, we, you had a picture a while back of, of what it looked like when all the planes yeah, fly in for the, for the conference. Right <laughs> you know, and, and it's not just the world leaders. It's their entourages. When Biden goes anywhere, how many planes are involved? And uh, they don't care about any of that. Um, but it's, it's so important. They've got to get together to meet because they can't do a Zoom call. They've got to do it in person. Um, it's just such bullshit. Such bullshit. Yeah. If your bullshit detector doesn't go off with these people, it's never going to go off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the whole hottest year on record thing is just just false. But I wanted to quickly just kind of to uh, finish my point that I was making about the wall and stuff like that and, and America being last. I pulled up a an article from the Texas Tribune in 2020, and they're talking about if you're watching uh, on YouTube or Rumble, you can go pull up the article yourself. But they're basically talking about how the wall is costing way more to taxpayers than Trump initially said, and it's going to cost nearly $3 billion to build the wall. So that's their criticism. At the time, it was a criticism that it's going to cost all this money. We can't afford it. $3 billion is way too much. Now, how much do we give to Israel every year? We give about $3.8 billion. In 2019, we gave $3.8 billion in foreign aid to Israel, most of which was military aid. How much have we given to Ukraine? And this is just as of uh, June, I believe. They've passed more since then. $76.8 billion in wow. about a year and a half that we've given to Ukraine. So it just shows you where the priorities lie of our leadership. You know, They want to support uh, the sovereignty and the security of these other countries before our own. And, and until we reverse those priorities and until we get our priorities in order as a country, I don't really care, you know. Well, and, you know, there's a day of reckoning coming for our country, too. It just has to, right? There's too many bad actors in the world who who re- watch the news just like we do, and they see what's going on on that southern border. It's it's a tempting target, I would think, for them. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, they may well be here, to your point. So um, some things to think about here as we move forward. We want to thank a couple of our sponsors here, Royal Roofing and Solar. Uh, They built the roof on my house, and uh, Austin Watterson and his team, they put up some stuff on Facebook, all the roofs they've done lately. And with what's going on with Evergy right now, even though I'm only going to have my house probably another eight years, I'm looking into it because it's going to skyrocket. And Barack Obama promised us that. There's a promise kept. He said that um, electricity rates and gas rates, utility rates, would necessarily have to skyrocket to do what he wanted to do to the country. And now his boy, Joey B., is in there basically following suit. So you can do something about that. You can turn your house into its own power generator with solar. It would work for your house. I don't know that it's going to basically be able to run our entire economy. I guess we'll see. 816-540-7057. Austin, Mike Dale on his team is an expert at dealing with Evergy and with solar. And I think he's going to be at our deal uh, Tuesday night in Lee's Summit. So if you have questions, I'm sure he'd love to answer them. There are tax credits and grants for small and rural business and ag producers as well. Uh, But, you know, if you need a roof, these are the guys. Royal Roofing and Solar, 
816-540-7057. I think Dr. Tarmina is going to be at the deal on Tuesday as well. We may have a sponsor all-star fest going on at Funhouse Pizza. And definitely talk to him. If you are 45 and you have not scheduled your colonoscopy yet, uh, Mark Taramina and his team at Midwest GI Health and Wellness are ready to help you. They're in Lee's Summit. It's one-stop shopping. You do the prep. You go in. You get the colonoscopy. And um, if you got some polyps or whatever, they send those off and you deal with that. Maybe you get a clean bill of health. Most people do. And, and you come back in five to ten years, depending on what the outcome is, and you get in front of it because colon cancer is a killer. And uh, the folks at Midwest GI Health and Wellness are experts at it. They do the upper GI as well. They do you going in, coming out, whichever place you got a problem, they're going to be able to fix it. 816-836-2200. They're an awesome company. And, uh, in fact, they did the colonoscopy on my wife. So um, if I trust them with my wife, I trust them with you. 45 and older, you need to get that colonoscopy scheduled. Next segment on this deal, and I put this up because your favorite troll, and and I let him get about one thing on me, and then I'm done with him. I'm not going to do what you've done with him. I'm not going to do what other people do on Facebook. I am not going to go back and forth with a keyboard warrior. I'm just not going to do it because you know what what I talk about on on, uh, this podcast, and I think what you do, right, is we have our beliefs, right, our principles, and we filter everything through our beliefs and principles. What the keyboard warrior says is, I don't like you, I don't agree with you, and when you say anything, I'm going to go, find something that disagrees with Dale. Boom, look at that, I found that. And you can find anything on the internet, right? Yeah. Internet's wide open. I mean, he's also just an, a nasty, miserable person. He's a dick. So. <laughs> he's an absolute dick. It's one thing to disagree, but I mean. Yeah, right. So I posted this thing. Maybe you saw it. The five best sentences out there. Um, and number one, and, and they're all, I think, self-explanatory. Is this on the Facebook page? Yeah, unless okay. you're a liberal, um, you may disagree. And what it comes down to, the economic divide between conservatives and liberals. And I know that there are other things that separate conservatives and liberals, but for me, I start with money because, you know, I like money. I'm a capitalist. And uh, this guy, <laughs> your, your friend goes, I don't even think you know what a capitalist is. I think I do know what a capitalist is. And I told him, I said, you're a capitalist because you won't come on the podcast unless we pay you. So <laughs> yeah, that makes you a capitalist. <laughs> Congratulations. There's hope. Uh, so the economic divide between conservatives and liberals, what is the role for our government versus the private sector? And conservatives, we want to keep as much of our money in the private sector as possible because it fuels everything. And if you're a liberal, you believe taxing everybody to death is is the most prudent way forward, that you take all that money into Washington, D.C., you set up programs A through double Z, and you filter that money out a little bit at a time, and it makes the world a better place. I completely disagree with that. And when I see stuff like this, I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. I know this guy doesn't like it. He can start his own damn Facebook page, right? And I guarantee you, I'll never go to his Facebook page. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say, I hate you, so I'm going to go find out something that disagrees with you and post it because I'm a keyboard warrior and I can find anything online. I can't get into a um, regular discussion with you, uh, but I can do this. It's on the uh, podcast page, not my page. 
Gotcha. As it's, it's in there somewhere. Okay, it's five sentences. It's going to go quick here. Number one, you cannot legislate the poor into prosperity by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. There is a view out there, and I think this guy shares it, that we live in a zero-sum economy. If I've got 100, you know, you can't have it, right? Because I've taken 100 out of the economy. It's not a zero-sum game. If you come up with a great idea, if you produce a great product and take it to the marketplace, you can make that money. You can make more money. We can grow the economy. It's not a zero-sum game. So you cannot legislate the poor into prosperity by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. Number two, what one person receives without working for, another person must work for without receiving. I mean, that gets back to the fact that the, the government doesn't make money. It takes money out of the private sector, okay? So if you're getting a benefit from the government, let's say Joey B waves his magic wand and more student loans get forgiven. Um, if that happens, somebody else paid for it. It came out of my tax dollars that go to D.C., Kurt's tax dollars that go to D.C. Somebody else paid for it. It wasn't, you know, a genie in a bottle kind of a thing. Number three, the government cannot give to anybody anything that the government does not first take from somebody else. Well, I think we just covered that. You can't multiply wealth by dividing it. Think about that. You can't grow the economy by dividing the economy. And then five, when half of the people get the idea that they don't have to work because the other half's going to take care of them, and when the other half gets the idea that it does no good to work because somebody else is going to get what they work for, that's the beginning of the end of any nation. And to me, you know, we talked about Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged. That's the point of Atlas Shrugged. The people who produce the wealth, who make the things, who make a difference in the economy, basically said, screw it. And they left the economy, and basically the whole world fell apart in Atlas Shrug. Not to give away the thousand-page book, um, but that's kind of what <laughs> Well, you happened. didn't read the book, so. I watched the movies. <laughs> you know, if, if it's going to be really hard reading, I mean, yeah. I went to college. I'm anything done anything over 100 pages is. That's not true. I read, a, I read <laughs> a novel. Greg Isles has written a trilogy of books, and Natchez Burning is the first one. And it was 870 pages, and it's the first of three. Uh, it was really good. Hmm. If it engages me, because I'm, I, I have adult ADD, so if it engages me and pulls me in, I'll read it. But, man, Atlas Shrugged was a thick read. Yeah, and it's dense, too. So Thick, dense, whatever you want to say. So, I mean, that makes sense to you, right? Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree with all five of those things, you know, and I, I would call myself a, a capitalist. You know, I, I don't think that capitalism is a political ideology. I mean, it's, a, it's an economic system. I think it's the best economic system, but it's not perfect, uh, of course, because humans are not perfect. And, you know, I think a lot of the, the criticism that people have of like um, the American economy or of capitalism is not necessarily coming from capitalism, but it's coming from the marrying of the market with the state, which we see now more than ever. Um, COVID being the, a, a really good example, you know, propping up the pharmaceutical industry, uh, by making people take all these shots by allowing, you know, people to, to be fed this information that, that feeds the, uh, the pocketbooks of, of the pharmaceutical industry. You know, there's, uh, all kinds of subsidies for every industry. There's subsidies in the energy sector. There's subsidies for, um, education, which has become, you know, uh, 
public, you know, it's not, it, that's not privatized. So we don't really live in a, a true capitalist system in a lot of ways. Now, there's probably some good reason for that. But uh, to, to, to point out, you know, that, oh, look at all of this money that the pharmaceutical industry is making, for example, and say that that's a problem with capitalism, I don't think is very accurate because it's the government that is propping up that industry and by, by doing all these things that they're doing. So I think that's the problem that we need to address is not the uh, system of capitalism itself, but rather the, the marrying of the, these big uh, industries, you know, with the government that props up these industries and gives them monopoly, you know, and, and allows them to, to not fail. We bailed out the auto industry. That's right. another great example. Um, housing, you know, is another great example. So if we actually had a free market in a lot of these places, we, we might see better results. Well, and you know, the government's always got their thumb on the scale, and, and all you have to look at there is electric cars. I mean, yeah. the fantasy that we're going to go to electric cars is based on the fact that the government has their thumb on the scale there, mm-hmm. um, to your point. All right, so speaking of cars, you need to get insurance for that car, and for that insurance, we ask that you call Bob Watson and get a quote, 816-229-7878, 7th and Main in Blue Springs, auto, home, life, commercial insurance, boats. Of course, your boat's probably done for the year. I would think. Uh, licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. I think, I don't know if he's going to be at the deal on Tuesday night or not, but he's an awesome American. We just love talking politics with Bob Watson. Um, but he, you know, he covers re- Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, because all of us need to have insurance. And uh, Bob Watson's the guy to turn to there. Get a quote. Surprisingly great rates with State Farm. They do all these fun commercials with our favorite people like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and now even Coach Andy Reid is in the commercials. But when it gets right down to it, you need an agent. And our guy is Bob Watson, 816-229-7878. You know, with um, Democrats running the show in D.C., you never get to the real truth of the matter. You really don't. Um, I think you and I know that men are men, women are women, especially in terms of competition in high school and college. We don't want you know guys on the swim team. I mean, that's what it's come to. So we turn to the British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. He is saying what Joe Biden won't, that men are men and women are women. Also shouldn't be controversial for parents to know what their children are being taught in school about relationships. Patients should know when hospitals are talking about men or women. And we shouldn't get bullied. And we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex they want to be. They can't. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. That's just common sense. Biology, too. But in the Brits are always so polite when they talk, right? (laughs) Even when they're mad. I mean, it's just it just comes across as polite. So that's Rishi Sunak. He is the British prime minister uh, with some common sense for you. Uh, And if that doesn't get it for you, uh, I saw a picture of a T-shirt online. Do you have that? Because I thought this would be a great way to uh, sum up. The T-shirt is um, basically um, I sent it to you. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, I, crap. <laughs> <laughs> the, the essence of the T-shirt was, if you need to know the difference between a man and a woman, just kick him in the balls. Oh, yeah. And, and if, it, if they double over, it's a man. And if they don't, I guess it's a woman. Right? There you go. Did you find a T-shirt? Well, I, I, can, I can hold my phone up to the... 
<laughs> Hold your phone up to the camera. Uh, I think oh, I put that on it's Facebook backwards as well. Too. It's backwards. Yeah. Just know that if you kick somebody in the balls, you know, you, you'll know find out the Just know that Dale difference. sent it to me and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So uh, maybe we'll bring some of those T-shirts. Maybe Tammy Ash will make that T-shirt for you uh, next Tuesday night. Uh, we can't wait to see you at Funhouse Pizza. It's going to be on 50 Highway in Lee Summit again. We're going to gather about 5 o'clock. We start about 6 with the broadcast. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about extricating ourselves from Kansas City. Uh, whatever you want to call it. You want to call it Freedom County. You want to call it Truman County. You want to call it Jackson County and let them have Kansas City and call it whatever they want to. Whatever the the name is, it's the principle that matters, and we're going to talk about that next week at Funhouse Pizza in Lee's Summit. Until then, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.